Welcome to the Help Club for Moms podcast. Each week we offer biblical encouragement and practical ideas to help you know the love of Jesus Christ more deeply and become the woman, wife, and mother you were created to be. We're so glad you're here. It's going to be a great day. Hello there. My name is Deb Weekly. I'm so excited to be here. I'm with my dear friend, Jennifer. And Jennifer is a mom of two beautiful girls. And she is also a homeschooling mom. And one of her children has unique abilities. And I really wanted her to come and chat with you today to talk with all the parents who have children who have unique abilities, learning uh, disabilities, whatever it is that you are going through, autism, ADHD, dyslexia, uh, physical challenges mental challenges, whatever it is that you might be having, sickness, illness, uh, we just want to encourage you today. So if you have any friends that you know who might like this video or this podcast, please be sure to share it with them if they have children with unique abilities. But I want to say hello to Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, Deb. How are you? Doing great. Okay. Tell us about you and your life and how old are your girls? So I'm a mom of two, as I mentioned earlier, I have two girls. One is eight. Her name is Isabella. Uh, she's the one that has a unique ability called Catno 1A. And then I have my youngest. Her name is Davina, and she's three years old. Um, I've also been married for nine years now. It will be 10 years next June. Um, and we're going to be celebrating renewal, our 10-year um, renewal vows we're going to do next year. Um, I also work as a licensed um, mental health therapist here in the state of Florida and also the state of Washington. Um, so I do work very part-time so that I'm able to be that homeschooling mom and able to manage everything in the home, at work, and personally as well. <laughs> this is your first year. My first year homeschooling, yes. Yes, and Davina goes to school. Yes, yeah, so she goes to a small private um, Christian school, but it only goes up to kindergarten. So I was hoping they had more grades, but um, then at that point we'll decide Will we homeschool her as well, or maybe just keep her in the private school sector, maybe like a Montessori school? Yeah, for sure. And so you're homeschooling Isabella, who has the unique abilities. Yes. Mm -hmm. First year. Yes. Okay. So I wanted to talk about something because we did a podcast before. And if you go to our website and um, you type in Jennifer Carrera, can you tell us how to spell your last name? It's a C-O-R-R-E-A, Korea. Korea. Sorry, Korea. It's okay. (laughs) You you can find her other one uh, on our website because we did one before because she's on the Help Club for Moms team and we did a fantastic broadcast that have really helped a lot of people. And so today what we would like to do is dive deep, a little bit deeper into um, for our moms and dads that have children that have unique abilities. And so I want to take it back to uh, your story about Isabella and when you found out and, and how did that go? How did it happen? So um, let's just go back even to the pregnancy. It was a um, normal pregnancy. Um, she was born nine pounds. Um, I was 41 weeks, five days pregnant. So I was like past my due date. Um, she scored a nine on the APGAR, so there was no indication of any concerns at that time. Um, it wasn't until six months later, um, we had enrolled in what they called a kinder music class, where a bunch of children come together, six months old, they play music, parents get involved. Um, it was a really nice experience. I started noticing that 
she was having some issues with fine motor and gross motor skills. So she wasn't able to sit up. She wasn't able to grasp certain little toy instruments. And so at that point, me and my husband started to become concerned and we felt like, okay, you know, is, is there something going on? And even the kinder music teacher, Miss um, Ann, she was very nice and she had her concerns as well. So we decided to reach out to um, our pediatrician and that's when the journey began trying to figure out, you know, why this was happening, what was going on. Um, so for a lot of years, you know, if we fast forward, we didn't know what her diagnosis was. All they gave us was delayed and gross motor skills. Um, and everything, non-invasive testing that were, you know, um, implemented, everything came out what they considered to be normal. Um, so we didn't find out until five years later that she has a rare genetic disorder called CATNA1A because we finally were able to go through a genetic testing. Genetic testing can be very expensive. Um, so we just so happened to have a commercial insurance that for some reason covered rare genetic testing. Wow, that's God. <laughs> it didn't cover much of anything else, but it covered rare uh, genetic testing. So we were able to um, do a non-invasive genetic test, swab of the cheek, me and my husband and my daughter. And that's when we found out um, about the CATNA1A gene. and um, how that's causing the, uh, or possibly causing the, the delay in gross motor skills. So it affects her, it affects her physically. How was it? How was she when she was five? What What was it like? How was she different than other children when she was five? Um, she still wasn't able to walk without support. So she would have to hold on to something for balance. Um, so she can stand and walk as long as she has some sort of support and stability because the cat no one affects her balance. So her cerebellum is a little bit smaller than the average. Um, of course, that's what's needed for balance and coordination. Um, but she started getting um, services as young as six months old. So because of the delay in gross motor skills, um, what they call the hypotonia, we started getting physical therapy when she was six months old. So that's when she started the, the PT services. Um, and we would go about, I think, three times a week when she was younger. Um, and then now it's one time per week, but we still work on things at home with her as well to continue to build strength in her legs. So, and you said, you told me before it's low muscle tone as well. Yeah. Low muscle tone. That's hypotonia. It's mainly in her lower extremities. Um, when she got older, I mean, we had no issues feeding her. There was, um, she was able to feed herself. Um, so we've been blessed in other areas, um, cause there's different variants of CATNA1A. So not everybody that has CATNA1A has the exact same symptoms, maybe similar symptoms, and there's different variants. So um, there could be on the higher functioning side, lower functioning side. Some of them could have the CATNA1A um, mutation, mutated gene, but may not have symptoms. It's doormat. So um, like I said, when she was first born, there was no indication of, of anything. It wasn't until after six months. Um, and I think I've mentioned in, in our previous podcast that they're saying they're not sure hundred percent that the vaccine could have activated the gene because it would have caught it at birth and because it wasn't caught at birth. And then six months later, she already had been vax had certain vaccines that said it could have activated the gene, meaning she had it, it didn't cause it, but it could have just activated it. Yep. I remember that from that last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, how did you take it? How did your husband take it? 
So my husband, I think he kept a lot in, um, trying to be strong for me and everybody else. You know, I, I cried a lot. I even cried a lot when nobody was looking, you know, because I felt like I got to be strong for my daughter. Um, but because I have a best friend and I may have shared you her story a little bit in the previous podcast, her name's Shanti. Um, I became very close friends with a girl in my graduate, uh, when I was in my graduate studies down in Miami and she has spinal bifida. So she was born paralyzed. So throughout my twenties, I was exposed to that uh, population and I was always helping her lift her wheelchair. If we would travel, uh, we'll get the three-in-one commode so that she can take a shower. So I was already familiar with certain things, even though it's two different diagnoses um, and in different needs, but I kind of had that exposure. Um, so I just kind of was like, okay, what can I do as a mom? Like, what do I need to, who do I need to reach out to? How do I get connected? How do I get the support that she needs so that she can be successful? So it's also the clinician that, you know, background that I have just kind of, you know, just went straight and it was like, okay, let's, let's do this. What we need, what does she need? You know, how can I help her? Um, So that was kind of my reaction, but my husband, I felt kept a lot in because he has moments and random moments and very occasionally where he'll just like start crying. And it's because of, um, you know, the situation. Does he still have those moments? Yeah, he still has those moments. He works extremely hard. Um, has We've been blessed for him to have such a great job that he has. Um, so financially, you know, he's able to take care of the family and I can step back and not working a full-time job and just work very part-time. So I can be there for both Isabella and Davina. Um, and so he works extremely hard to make sure that we're okay financially. And you were mentioning all of a sudden you have three times a week appointments and, you know, that mm-hmm. must be hard on families that have to, both of them work full time. And were you working at the time or were you? So I, I was working during the day full time at one point when she was little um, and then he was working um, at night. <laughs> so we did that for a little bit, but that was kind of um, hard. Um, so we just decided, um, you know, when she was first born, I was stay at home mom completely. I wasn't working for some time. Then I wanted to go back to work. And um, that's when we did. I worked during the day and then he worked at night. Yeah, but it's hard because the first year um, after birth, as a first time mom, you know, she was my first child, my with a unique ability, first time being a mom. There's so much going on uh, once you find out. And you're trying to find out what that is. Because again, we didn't know what the diagnosis was. Um, like, okay, what do we do? What do we do next? You know, like, where do we go? Um, and that's where a lot of like getting plugged in, like I mentioned earlier, and trying to find those resources. But it's hard because you see on Facebook, for example, and social media, kids, you know, I had a lot of friends that gave birth that year as well. And they're, you know, going to all these different events and their kids are going to the park and already walking and playing and, and you're seeing all these things and you're saying to yourself, you know, I wish I can do that with my child. You know, like I feel so bad that, you know, I'm taking her to all her appointments, which is a blessing. I'm able to be present. I'm able to take her and see her grow and be successful. And those little milestones mean so much to us. But it was hard because it's like I wanted to have that year where it's just her and I having fun. And it was a lot of worry and a lot of fear my first year because, again, we did not know. So I didn't know what to expect, what to prepare for. Um, and I just kind of prayed. I just really 
my spirituality, my relationship with God, I've, I've always had a relationship with God, but it grew even stronger because I needed someone that I can just be open and raw with. And that was with God. Like I couldn't be that open with family because I didn't want them to feel bad or I didn't want them to, to be hurting even more. You know, like my mom, it's very hard on my mom and my dad, you know, the grandparents. Um, and so I had to be strong for them as well. But with God, I can just unleash everything. Like my thoughts, my feelings, just, just everything was just so raw. And I was able to just kind of give that to him because <laughs> it was heavy. It was very heavy. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because where you are now, you're, I mean, you're just so strong and your faith. And, and I think it's always good to share with people how you went through something. And I just love your faith so much, Jennifer. And you know what else I love is that you, so I, and I, I wonder, because you also talked about your friend that had spinal bifida in medical school, right? In nursing yeah, school? In grad school. Grad school. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, her parents, like they didn't, they didn't allow her to get down because of her diagnosis. They're right. Like they, her, her, mom, was tough. her mom and I, we, we are so close and her mom told me she was so tough with her, but she knew that you know, she knew her capabilities. Cause when you see somebody, a child with a unique ability, right? I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. People are going to judge sometimes they will. And, and sometimes they'll limit them even more just based on what they see or hear. But everybody has a gift. Everybody has something unique. Um, you know, and I just, she knew that she just pushed her daughter and she was able to move from South India to the United States to go to school here to get educated because it was more accessible for her than it was in India, you know, cause she's that she's, you know, in a wheelchair. Um, and her and I became instant friends in grad school and we just like connected like, and her mom is so grateful that we became friends, you know, because I didn't, I didn't treat her. I don't know what it was. I didn't treat her differently because yeah, she had a wheelchair. Yes. There was a difference there, but like, I didn't see it. Like, I'm like, okay, let's just carry a wheelchair, put it in my trunk. We're going to go here today. We're going to go on the beach. We're going to rental. We used to rent a beach wheelchair. Some beaches have that, but you can rent them. And she was able to be on the beach like everybody else. Because if you go with a regular wheelchair, it's very hard to push. But there are some beaches that have those, those rentals. Um, so I was like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a way to make it work, but we'll do this. You know, and we did it together. So it, it was nice. You know, we're still friends to this day. I love that. Okay. So. I do want to talk to people that maybe don't have children with unique abilities. And we were talking before we started uh, today's broadcast and you were saying that it's hard when you feel like people are just feeling sorry for you. And Mm -hmm. why don't you tell us, you know, tell us that. And then tell us also, how can we be a blessing to a mom with a, with children have unique abilities? How can we do that? Like, I know um, I'll share with you, like sometimes I'm out and about and I even had a friend tell me personally too, um, a few months ago, like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. It must be so hard and just so much to handle. And sometimes us moms with unique, you know, with a child with unique abilities, yes, it can be challenging. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's nice to hear maybe something like you're very strong, you know, um, how can I help encourage you even more? Or even like we discussed that prior to, to meeting now about, you know, sending a meal. Maybe she's having a very busy week. There's so much on on her plate. 
uh, her and her family that you can come by and bring a meal that helps like some of those little things people will consider little go such a long way um helping a mom with a child with unique ability or even saying you know what um have you and your husband gone out on a date let me come over i'll take care of the kids for you you know so you can have at least a few hours you know um for yourselves you know things like that um really go a long way because in order to have a strong home too you want to have a good relationship with your spouse as well because it does change i mean as we know kids in general when we have kids it does change the dynamics of a husband and wife but then when you have a child with unique ability you know sometimes it's even more challenging and the divorce rates are a lot higher amongst family with children with unique abilities mm-hmm. so me and my husband like i love those exercises from the mothering kit you know, because I, I do those exercises with him and um, even the ther- therapeutic ones that I give my clients. Um, I feel bad for my husband having a wife as a therapist, but <laughs> I, I feel like we need to check in with each other. Like we need to check in, improve our communication. Um, some days are really tired and exhausted and, you know, we can go back at each other. And sometimes we just need to take a breather and take a step back and really connect. So that's important as well. So, you know, having a friend or a family member kind of step in and say, you know, I'm here to help. Um, that's it, it goes. It really does go a long way because it not only helps us, but it helps the children as well. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, OK, I want to talk about this next part because we talked about this. We touched on it in our other broadcast together. But I remember being in Germany with my family and we were going around in the castles. We were in um, Norschwanstein and Hohenschwagau. Uh, I think I'm, I'm probably not saying it correctly, but we were over there and, and we did both castles in one day and they were exhausting because there were so many stairs. And and we were over at Hohenschwagau and there was this man that had a cane and he was probably about 35 and he had cerebral palsy and he was walking the stairs. He was going really slow. But all day long, we saw him walking the stairs. And I told my children, I said, you know, his mother or or father or both parents must have really encouraged him that he can accomplish things and do things, even though he has cerebral palsy. And you, my friend, Jennifer, are an amazing master at encouraging Isabella to do great things, to excel and to be smart and to do physical things. I mean, you even have her in gymnastics, don't you? Or something yeah, so like that. She used to be in gymnastics. Yeah. She wants to get back into it. So we try to get her into for the next season, but she's very good on the bars. So she has really good upper body strength. So we have a trampoline at home with a bar and she flips and hangs and you'll be amazed at some of the things that she could do. Um, and she's like, mommy, she's telling me, and I want to go back to gymnastics because we took a break for a little bit. She did therapeutic horse riding as well to help with the trunk and balance and coordination. So there's a lot of different um, therapeutic things that you can get involved in, depending on what your child needs are to try to support that need. But I love how you just, I mean, you, you call it unique abilities. You don't say I have a special needs child. You never say that. I've never heard you say that. You've always said my daughter has unique abilities. And I admire that in you, Jennifer, because I really feel like your daughter, I mean, you even said she gets like really great grades at school and now you're homeschooling her. And she she loves science and she killed it this morning with like 100 on her science. Like it's amazing. It really is amazing because um, again, people will look at her and judge her because they can tell by the physical limitations. 
but not realizing that her mind is um, very well present. It works. The output of information may be slower than some, but um, she she's absorbing so much information, you know, um, and I just love to just, she helps me grow, I think, as a mom and as a woman, because I'm learning so much about myself in this process and being a mom and, you know, being um, and learning, you know, about different types of abilities, not just my daughters, but other children. Um, I've been fortunate. God has led me to other moms with children with unique abilities, and we're forming like this support for each other here locally. Um, so that's been a blessing as well. Well, that's wonderful. I'm so proud of you, Jennifer. You really, really, I mean, you, you encourage your daughter to, to go as far as she wants, really. I mean, you don't put limitations on her. And I think, and I, I want you to speak to, like, say you just found out your child has something and speak to like having a label, and but how do you address it? So I, I remember we were talking about this earlier. I know sometimes it's hard to receive a label, right? Because I remember when I didn't know for five years, um, I said, well, maybe it's a good thing that I don't know, because if I do know, then obviously there's a label, right? Sometimes people are going to continue to judge her, limit her abilities. Um, or what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like it brings that fear of what to expect and what to prepare for. But so when I finally got her diagnosis after five years and I heard it was CATNO-NA, I didn't know what CATNO-NA was. A lot of healthcare professionals are still learning and trying to understand more about CATNO-NA because it's such a rare genetic disorder. Um, so we follow the CATNO-NA organization um, and we're a part of that organization as well. And I was just like, okay, you know what? I, I cried. I did cry. I remember sitting at the table here with my mom at the dining table and I just burst out crying. I'm like, I don't know what all this means. I I, I don't know, you know? Um, and as a parent of a child of any unique ability, you know, it's like you have to learn to be like a, a doctor sometimes <laughs> to understand the terms. I didn't even understand about genetics or anything. So I'm hearing these terms and, and, and I'm trying to understand. And um, of course, over time, more that you get involved, the more, you know, you learn in the experience. But um, it was hard. It was hard to take in that, you know, getting that label. But then at the same time, it was a sense of relief in a way, because it's like, okay, now I know, okay, what does this mean? And what can we do about it? So you kind of go through like these phases, you know, of emotions and thoughts, you know, kind of like when someone goes through the grieving process, you know, like different stages of grief. Um, so you kind of go through your own stages and then you finally get to that point where like, okay, what does this mean? And what can I do to help support her again? Um, and not to be afraid of labels because um, I know I have either worked with parents with children with capabilities and I have friends that have children with unique abilities. And sometimes it's scared to have that label because they feel like, well, if we label them, then it makes it real. Then it makes it true that, that my child has this. And, but then at the same time, those labels or diagnosis can help you get the support that you need certain services, you know, because some services have to be medically necessary. So you have to show proof of that, unfortunately. And so, um, you know, don't look at it as a negative thing. What can we do with the information? Just look at it as information. What can you do with this data, this information? You know, how what can we do with this information and what's needed to provide that support or services? That's really good. Um, the last thing I want you to mention is that you still pray for healing. And I, I feel like 
Uh, I like what you're saying about, you know, using the label to your advantage, but mm-hmm. I also don't feel like you label your daughter. I feel like you encourage her to go as far as she can possibly go. That's definitely what you do. That's what draws me to you, Jennifer. I'm blown away at how much faith you have and that you're always encouraging your daughter, go for it, go for it. And, mm-hmm. and then still pray for healing. Tell us about praying for healing when it's not coming and what do you do and how's that going? So I still, I, I believe, you know, and some people may think, oh, I've heard some people say in family, oh, you're crazy. You know, you just have to plan for this or that. I'm like, you know, my God, I mean, he can make the impossible possible. You know, he's healed in the Bible. You know, we've heard the stories. You know, I still believe in a miracle. I still believe that one day she's going to rise up. She's going to walk and she's going to be a testimony to this world. and It's going to make a difference. Both my girls, I believe that there's something about them that they're going to bring to this world is going to bring them closer to God. And as a parent, I pray that God equips me every day to grow spiritually, to understand and learn more so that I'm able to teach them so that they can teach other people when they get older and be those warrior women, you know, like in my household. um, And I know this is not connected to Christianity or anything, but we love Wonder Woman, right? (laughs) And I shared that actually at church for Mother's Day. I had shared this story we have a um, a picture of Wonder Woman in my daughter's um, bedroom. They both share a room, right? And on the picture, it says, um, you are forgiven. You are loved. These are, you know, scriptures from the Bible, but it has Wonder Woman on there. And um, I want them to know their identity in Christ and who they are in Christ, not what the world says about them, because the world's going to say a lot of things about them. They're going to live with them. They're going to tell them what they should be or can't be. But I always want them to go back to Christ and know who they are in Christ. Um, so having things displayed like in the child's room, in your children's room or around the house, like we have scripture notes. I got this from Help Up for Moms and we have it on the refrigerator. Um, you know, just different things as a constant reminder, you know, because there are going to be good days, there are going to be some challenging days, but um, you surround yourself with the scriptures, the word of God, you know, even motivational quotes that can help you get through your day, all that helps. Like I even make time for my devotions as crazy as my life can be sometimes with the busyness of life. Um, I'm like, you know what? I need to read the word of God. I, I need to have that time with Jesus. I want that time with Jesus, you know? Um, and I do believe in a true healing and a miracle. I really do. And, and, I, and I can share a short story with you. Oh. Um, I was at the Katna 18 conference um i think it was two years ago it was virtually and um somebody was sharing their story and there was a boy who started walking at age 12 12 right and i'm like oh my god that's amazing as if it never even happened you know like he just as he got older got stronger and now he's walking and so i'm like i love the fact that i was able to hear that and then i'm at church um was it not this past weekend? Cause I wasn't feeling well, so I didn't go. But the weekend before um, the pastor was sharing a story about how God provided miracles and healing in the Bible, right? So he shared a story about how he healed this woman, um, but it was like 12 years of sickness. And here's that number 12. Then he talks another story, same thing, 12 years. In the Bible, significant. I want to make sure that we don't confuse the Bible story. So there was a woman that was sick for 12 years and then she was healed. Yeah. Was when he was, she asked, she, she touched his, he was, yes. she was healed instantly. Yes. She touched his, um, uh, clothes or his, yes. you know, cloak. yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And then there was the the little girl who, um, and I know I should know these names offhand, but where the father went to Jesus saying, my daughter is dying. Tabitha. Uh, and then she had already died, but then Jesus told him that um, it's going to be okay. And, and then he brought her back, like he yes. healed her. Yes. So, And again, I, I think it, my pastor mentioned 12 years, like that number 12 kept coming up and I choked in church. I, I was like, oh my God, that 12, you know, and, and I don't know, it could mean something, you know, maybe when she turns 12, there'll be some sort of miracle. I don't know. But um I still believe in miracles and I'm going to continue to pray. Even if it takes 15, 20, 30 years, I'm still going to pray for that miracle, you know, because I'm still very blessed that God is walking alongside me through this journey. Cause I don't think I would have been able to get through this had it not been my relationship with the Lord. And then I'm being honest, you know, I, that that's what saved me. That's what helps me, you know, have the strength that I have every day is because of him. So absolutely. Well, I want to end by praying. Um, and I want to pray for a miracle for Isabella. I want to pray for miracles for all the family. So I'll start and then why don't you finish? Okay. Okay. Lord, we thank you so much for Jennifer's testimony. And Lord, I just love even before we came onto the, the camera today, she was saying how she's so thankful for what she's going through. And uh, with her sweet daughter. And Lord, we ask for a miracle that you would heal Isabella, that she would walk and run, uh, that she would not need her walker or her wheelchair, God, that she would run. And God, that it would be a complete miracle in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray over any moms that have children with unique abilities of any kind, we ask you in Jesus' name, heal those children. Lord, we thank you that by your stripes, they were healed. We thank you that you want us to continually ask, even if we don't see things happening in the natural, you still want us to ask. And so we declare and decree, Isabella will walk without a wheelchair, without a walker. She will walk and stand up to her full stretcher and be strong. And uh, she'll run and we pray over all of the children represented here that they will walk and they will run or any other unique ability that they have, that they will be healed in Jesus name. And we thank you, God, that you are the God of miracles. And I thank you that Jennifer keeps asking and she doesn't grow weary asking and she just wants to ask you and she knows that you're a good God and no matter what. Uh, whatever it is, she knows she can trust you. Bless her family. Bless all the families represented here, God, and open the floodgates of heaven on them. Give them more of your presence, more of your love, more help, more finances, uh, more wisdom, more miracles, God, more friends, more support, everything that they need. Bless their marriages if they're married. God, reconcile their marriages if they've divorced because of having a child with unique abilities. God, we ask for miracles of epic proportion, and we want to hear about these miracles. And so God, I pray that we will hear about them and that miracles will happen from today, from these prayers that we asked, because your word says to ask in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I would like to give you thanks and praise as always for allowing us to have this opportunity to just, you know, share your word, to share our stories, um, be able to share about Isabella and her rare genetic disorder to hopefully provide hope and faith um, for other families out there who may be going through a similar journey, Lord God, I want to thank you for allowing Deb to give me this opportunity and this platform, you know, to share as a mom, you know, my journey 
you know, what I was thinking and feeling during that time and how I was able to overcome some of those challenges and even encourage and and help my daughter overcome her challenges as well, Lord God. So thank you so much. I pray for all the families listening to this podcast today, Lord God, no matter where they're at in their journey, whether it's just finding out about their child's diagnosis or still waiting, um, Lord God, that you provide them with the love and support that they need, the resources and the right people in place that can provide that support and help needed, Lord God, for their child. And also, you know, for each parent, um, you know, not only is, does a child go through this these challenging moments and obstacles, you know, they're, some of them are very resilient. You'd be very surprised on what we see and very inspiring to some and all, you know, just how strong these children can be, Lord God. And Lord God, that I pray that people see beyond their uh, unique ability, Lord God, because I believe everyone has a gift that we can share with this world, Lord God, and that instead of providing limitations, that people provide opportunities for adults and children with unique abilities, Lord God. So I just want to give you thanks and praise for allowing us to to just kind of share and be there for others, for other moms out there and their families, Lord God, and not to forget our dads in the process as well. You know, sometimes, you know, some dads may keep a lot in to try to be strong for the family and they take on so much, Lord God, that, you know, I just pray that they're able to find a space where they can, you know, release some of the the fear, the anxiety, um, you know, hopes and dreams that they have for their families, Lord God, that they have a, a safe place for them to share with other dads, Lord God, and provide them with some sort of, you know, support along the way, Lord God. So in Jesus' name, just want to give you thanks as always. Um, amen. And thank you. Hey, what's your favorite scripture that's helped you more than any other well, scripture? I actually, I have a couple. <laughs> the one is, um, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.13. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. beautiful. And then last, I love that one. Do you have another one? Did you say? Yes. Um, have I not? And this is actually... The scriptures to overcome fear, anxiety, and worry for the mothering kit. Oh so yeah, because a lot of the the things I experience is the fear and the worry, um, and so this was just oh my god, just so condensed. All the scriptures I on one page. <laughs> so this Joshua one nine, um, have I not condemned you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So good. Oh, I love those. I love that scripture. I love that mothering kit. Okay. So do you have your book with you? Yes, I do have my book. I want to see your book. Okay. So Jennifer's also a published writer and she wrote this beautiful book called Athena, the ballerina. And can you tell us briefly what's it about? So it's about a little girl overcoming a challenge and being brave. It actually is based off of a true story. My daughter was in a dance performance in Orlando, Florida, a few years back. I think it was December, 2019, um, called the Nutcracker, the Nutcracker Reimagined. So it was with students that had um, a unique ability and without. So I love how they incorporate all children. And it was such a beautiful moment for her. I wasn't sure how she was going to react being on stage. It was like a big crowd. Um, She had a coach. I mean, it was a beautiful experience. And 
again, the book is just about her overcoming um, and being brave and stepping out onto the stage and dancing. No matter what her unique ability was, you know, we found a way for her to dance. It's so great. And they, we can get that on Amazon, right? <laughs> on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble online, um, Books a Million online. Um, yeah, there's a couple of places where they're selling it, but the, the best place that most people go is Amazon. And it's Athena the Ballerina. Athena the Ballerina, yes. And we actually have like a dedication. So you'll see a picture of Isabella and me and her and my husband. And it's a short uh, dedication for her. And then the pictures in the book are really um, pictures I sent to the illustrator of her actual AF, um, AFOs, which helps align her legs and her ankles to maintain that balance and coordination when walking. So a lot of the pictures do show um, what we call equipment, uh, what they call DMEs, doable medical equipment, that kids with unique abilities may have to use, whether it be a K-Walker, AFOs, SMOs on their feet, um, wheelchairs. So you'll see her wheelchair with the pink. Oh, um, I love that. The pink. Um, so I would send her real pictures of Isabella, and she created the illustrations that way to represent pretty well. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you, Jennifer. As always, we love you and for you being here. And we are praying for you, sweet mom, watching this broadcast or listening. Be sure to share it with a friend who might have a child with unique abilities. And uh, also email us your prayer requests at admin at helpclubformoms.com. We love you. Uh, We love you so much. So admin at helpclubformoms.com for your prayer requests. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Have a blessed one, everyone. Hey, mom, have you heard about our new mothering kit subscription? We just launched it and we are so excited. We've been looking at all these moms who have been joining us, joining the subscription and just seeing what it's all about. We've been working on this for so long and we've been so excited to put it into your hands. Over in our mothering kit, we have monthly help for your heart as a mom so that you can fill up so that you can pour out. We have a whole mentoring platform over there so that we can help you to become the mom that you feel that you're called to be. We also have help for your home so that you can build a Christ-centered home with Christ-centered traditions for your family. We have help for your marriage, encouragement for you, monthly encouragement with reflection questions, and so much more. We have help for your kids. We want to help you in discipling your kids to know Jesus and to love Him more and to walk with Him all of their days. And we also have a whole worship set for you each month. Our entire subscription is themed, and it's really beautiful because you're learning one theme throughout each month and it's going to thread through each part of our subscription. We also have one last thing we really want to tell you about is something in culture that we're tackling, something that's relevant to you and your mothering that you're facing and it's coming at you. And we talk through some of these cultural hot topics that we have to encounter as moms and know what to do and know how to guide our children. So we've added that in there too. And there's more. But if you wanted to just go to myhelpclubformoms.com, you can see what it's all about and sign up for your free 14-day trial. And we hope to see you there. Have a great day.